Welcome to Launch It Girl, where business coach, marketing strategist, and ex-corporate leader, Kenzie Mackis, will show you how to launch, market, and scale a business and brand that feels authentically you, leveraging her proven framework for getting known, seen, and heard online so that you can overcome perfectionism, feelings of imposter syndrome and confusion, and finally launch yourself into a life full of abundance and freedom. Welcome back to Launch It Girl, another episode. Oh my gosh, you guys, I have such an exciting guest with me today, Kelly Cochran, marketing and mindset coach, also keynote speaker and best-selling author. Hello. Hey, Kelly, say hi to everybody. Hello, everybody. Oh my gosh. It's so good to have you here. I wish people could see you right now because like you have the most amazing lipstick on and I just want to give kudos to that. I think like lipstick can literally make or break a day. So uh, you look so beautiful. Thank you. (laughs) Um, So I want to dive in. I want my listeners to know who you are, what you do and like, let's get into it. You have such an incredible story and I love it. And I want everybody to know what that looks like. So let's, let's just, let's dive in. We're just going to jump into the deep end of the pool, everybody. Hope you have your floaties on. Let's do this. (laughs) Hello, everyone. I am Kelly Cochran. I am a marketing and mindset coach, and I spent 15 years in uh, corporate America in marketing departments, doing everything from search engine optimization to copywriting to project management, just all the things. And I was climbing a ladder to nowhere, as I like to say, because I never really had a destination in mind. And I'm sure that some of you listening to this podcast kind of feel that, you know, we're all told to get good grades in high school, to get into a good college, get good grades in college, to then get a good internship, which will turn into a good job, which then you work out for 40 years until they give you the gold watch at retirement and that's your life, right? And so with all of our parents, I think being that baby boomer generation, that's what we were taught and I never really got that. And so throughout my entire 20s, I so vividly remember driving to a job on the Pacific Coast Highway down here in San Diego And, you know, my sunroof was open, my blonde hair is blown in the wind. And for all intents and purposes, I should have been super happy. I was living in my dream city. I was going to this really cool on paper job, but I was miserable. And I went through almost two decades of that, going to these nine to fives, punching a clock for someone else, really kicking ass at my job, but making money for someone else's bottom line and never really getting the accolades or the promotions that I deserved. And then it turns out that, you know, the bolder I got, the older I got, I would start butting heads with the higher ups in these jobs. And as I really started asking for what I deserved at those jobs, I started getting fired. So I am a proud corporate dropout. I have been fired three times from three different jobs. My mom loves when I talk about this on podcast. She's like, can you just stop telling people you were fired? Maybe just say you were laid off. (laughs) But no, I want to be really honest about this because my personality and me speaking up for myself got me to the unemployment line quite a few times. And I wouldn't change it for the world because it's actually created my loud blonde brand now. And it's really helped me figure out who it is and what it is I'm put on this planet for. And that's to inspire other loud, outspoken women to really own it, own their truth, say their truth out loud and 
let that take you to your highest level in life. So that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> so good. I love this so much. There's so much I want to unpack here, but I think this idea, and we talk about this a lot, this corporate mentality, like corporate and also society grooms us to mm. think we need to behave a certain way and do the certain things, right? The traditional model of going to school, going to college, right? Getting the good job and then being the good professional. And I think as a woman, there's another layer there. And I can really resonate with that story because I remember when I was in the corporate space, I was leader, but you know, very, very young at the time. And I only had a few women to emulate. Most of the other leaders were men, but there was a very big difference in the demeanor of the men versus the demeanor of the woman. And I had this internal conflict all the time of like who I should be showing up as based on the way that women leaders were acting, being, doing versus the men. And it created a lot of just, I guess, confusion, curiosity, like what am I even doing? What should I be saying? How should I be sitting? And I think that then unfolded into just which was kind of like the trigger into unfulfillment and confusion and like, what the hell am I even doing here? Did you have similar experiences in that kind of space of like feeling like you needed to be the certain way, right? Fit the certain mold? Oh, girl, you are speaking my language right now. Yes. So don't you know that women are sugar and spice and everything nice? And when we don't conform to what society wants us to be, that's when people get super uncomfortable. Yes, I had a, oh my gosh, this, this still is like, gives me PTSD to tell this story, but I think it's so powerful is, uh, so my last corporate job, I was a project manager and I ran this entire development team. And then I was pulled in to lead our $3 million website redesign. So on the kickoff meeting morning, I was in front of a conference room with about 25 people in the room, everyone from designers to developers, all the way up to my VP, who was my, um, I, I was his direct report. So, you know, I'm up at the whiteboard and I'm leading the meeting and I'm, I'm really good. One of my strengths is being a cheerleader. And so the team had been really kind of, you know, just in this funk, it wasn't able to work under this stressful condition. So I was really brought in to like amp them up, get their morale up and really like take the reins and, and really fix this mess of a project. And so I'm in there and, and I'm hitting my stride and I'm writing on the whiteboard and all of a sudden our creative director throws back his chair and stands up and shouts enough. And he walks up to me at the whiteboard and he grabs a pen and he points it at my chest and he says, we're not doing any of this. Sit down, shut up, you're done talking. Oh my gosh, I just got chills all over my body. Wow. How did you respond? Well, it was this moment of just like, you know, on movies where they slow it down, almost like the Matrix where, you know, Neo's like avoiding the bullets in slow motion and he's seeing them whiz by him. It felt like that, like time slowed down. And the only thought I had was don't take the bait basically. So I just sat there and I was shaking. I was so infuriated and I just let him get his bluster out. As soon as he stopped to catch his breath, I said, okay, if you're finished, if you could please take your seat so we can continue with this meeting. And it was so crazy. Every eye in the room was on us going, oh my God, how's she going to react? Except for my VP who was still typing on his computer, like nothing was happening. 
And so it, it was just so crazy that creative director ended up grabbing his stuff, storming out of the room. And I just continued with my meeting like nothing had happened because that was the only thing I could do. Because if I screamed back at him, you know, then I look like the toddler that he was being. Mm -hmm. And so I just went on with the meeting and it was so crazy. And I just thinking back on it, that never would have happened to a man. If a man had been leading that meeting, that guy never would have had the balls to stand up and scream at him, sit down, shut up, you're done talking. It's because I was a female in that leadership position and I was questioning his position of power over his own team. So yeah, it was, it was nuts. And then fast forward three months, we got the project done under deadline, under budget, and I got fired. Okay. Because, because okay. they eliminated my, they didn't need my position anymore. I'm like, okay, yeah, I saw that coming. <laughs> okay. So I wanted to, so was that, I want to talk about the time where you like fully transitioned, you had the, the breakthrough or the realization it could have been several moments that led up to the point of like, I'm going to just go in and do my thing. You know, we call this the launch a girl moment. What, what did, what did that transition look like for you? And was it a moment? Was it a longer period of time? Like walk us through that transition. Oh, I love that question. I feel like we all have that moment in life where the universe has been kind of gently nudging you to get an idea across. And when you're not listening to the nudging, the nudging starts to get a little more forceful. And if you're not listening to that, the universe just takes a two by four and smacks you across the face with it until you get it. And so me getting fired from that job and really having that happen to me in that meeting, that was my two by four moment, as I call it. And so driving home from that day that I got fired, I literally heard a voice say, do you get it yet? And so I don't know if any of your listeners, you know, are really tuned into their intuition. Some people feel intuition. Some people hear into it. I hear audible messages. It's funny. I'm not very woo woo, but I've, I've gotten really deep into intuition lately and I will hear auditory messages. And that message was so clear. Do you get it yet? And I finally got the message like, Hey, you keep trying to fit your loud outgoing self into these boxes that these people don't want you. They hire you because you're intelligent, because you speak your mind in the interview, but that's not really what they want. They want another cog in their corporate wheel. So stop trying to fit yourself into this mold that you were not made for. You were made for so much more. And so I just, I immediately went home. I, you know, I took that as my ticket to freedom and I went home and the, I'm not kidding you, Kinsey, the next day, I launched or not launched it the next day, but I started designing an e-commerce business because I had always been really interested in, in e-commerce. And so that was finally my ticket to freedom to have time to design it and work on it. And I ran that e-commerce business the rest of that year of 2017. And it was a blast. And then I realized kind of the end of that year, you know, I was designing like funny wine themed t-shirts and and I got another message that was like, hey, mm, I don't know that I put you on this planet to sell funny wine themed swag. You were meant for more. And so I kind of sat with that message all that December of 2017 until literally January 2nd, 2018, the name Loud Blonde came to me because I've always been known for being loud. I, I'm a blonde, I have long blonde hair. And I'm like, I can't call myself loud blonde. No one will take me seriously. But the more I started thinking about it, the more I thought, I don't wanna work with stuffy corporations. 
the women I want to work with will totally resonate with this brand loud blonde with being in your face, outspoken, direct. Like I'm basically like your older sister who will tell you like it is, but still have like a drink with you and go have fun and, on an adventure with you, but like won't let you, you know, mire in your own crap for too long. And so the longer I sat with that name, I was like, what if, what if I leaned into all of these things that kept getting me fired? What would that do? And so I launched my website in February of uh, 2018 as Loud Blonde. I changed all of my marketing and it has just taken off since then. Because finally, for the first time in three decades, I was living my authentic self and it just resonated so much more than when I was trying to fit in this box that I just was not built for. Oh my gosh. So good. So good. So much here. For one, I think recognizing that the magic, the breakthroughs happen when we sort of uncover more of us and let go of who we think we should be. But that's a process and longer for some, especially if you've been like sitting in the mold for a really long time. And so that's so cool. I love how you really walked us through those moments. It's really clear in like just the process of like shedding some of that, but also like stepping more into you. And I love what you said about this idea of like, well, people won't take me seriously if I'm called loud blonde, but like, it's not about being taken seriously, right? It's really about stepping into this truest form of self and sharing our gifts from that space, which that's when the alignment occurs. Would you agree? Absolutely. Dead Uh on. I started thinking as you were talking, Kinsey, I don't know if any of the listeners, if you guys know JP Sears, he posts hilarious like spoof videos on being enlightened and you can't see it, but I'm doing real heavy air quotes around the word enlightened right now. And so I um, was fortunate enough to meet him at an event a couple years ago and I was talking to him about how he so uh, unabashedly and boldly showed up as himself online and how, how long it took him to get there to make these YouTube videos because he's so hilarious. And he said actually that he had started as kind of like a life coach, a mindset coach, and he was very serious, but he was doing kind of these funny, he needed a creative outlet. So he was doing kind of these funny spoofy videos, but he wasn't showing them to anyone because he was terrified that he would lose his current coaching clients, if they saw this goofy side of him, but being stuck as this like very serious, I'm going to help you with your life problems, almost acting like a therapist. He was just having this push and pull that was just killing him. It it was just eating him up from the inside. And it wasn't until he just fully went a hundred percent into the goofiest, weirdest part of himself. And I, and he calls it embracing your weird. He said, until I embraced my weird, that's what gave him the ultimate freedom of expression. And that's exactly what I did. I totally embraced my weird. I embraced, you know, my weird is being loud, outspoken, you know, tell it like it is. His weird is, is doing these goofy, like shirtless videos about how to get a six pack in this really funny way and how to be mindful, you know? And I mean, look at him. He has millions of followers now just from posting goofy videos as his weirdest self. I just, I loved that. And I, he gave, hearing his story gave me even that much more permission to, to lean into my authentic self. And I hope that this interview is giving listeners even more permission, lean into your authentic self, stop fighting that need to let it out because that's the message that people are 
dying to hear is that authentic internal message. So who are you not serving by keeping that shuttered? Oh, so powerful. So good. That's the journey we should all be on, right? It's, it's not just about getting more clients or growing our business. It's really just like uncovering more awesomeness about ourselves. So good. Yes. Ah, okay. Uncover, I uncover your awesomeness. I love oh, that. So good. We could go on forever, but I want to transition a little bit and talk about, so you launched your website, you kind of like really leaned into this loud blonde brand. Then what, what was next for you? Oh gosh, it's been a journey for sure. <laughs> I think that getting super clear on who it was I wanted to serve is the thing that I really want people to take away from when you want to transition out of the nine to five into entrepreneurship. A lot of people leave their nine to five without really having a soft landing. I was forced out of a nine to five. Luckily I had e-commerce, you know, that I was curious in, but I really didn't know like who I wanted to serve, what I wanted to do. So when I decided to leave e-commerce and, and try and figure out this whole coaching consulting world, I was still trying to brand myself as like Kelly knows SEO or Kelly does marketing. And, and I had these really blob brand colors, you know, the, the pink and the rose gold that was really hot at the time and still kind of is, but it's just not my, my personal brand at all. And, and I was trying to speak to everyone. So I was attracting no one, which I think is a huge issue with branding. And it wasn't until I realized, you know, it was actually on a brand photo shoot. Um, I was getting my hair done before my first, my first ever professional brand photo shoot for my new website for Loud Blonde. And my hairdresser was like, hey, what color are you wearing? And I was like, oh, I, I don't know. I haven't figured out like my brand colors yet. I don't really know. And she goes, you should really wear like bright yellow. I said, oh, Lord, girl, I'm a blonde. I can't wear bright yellow. She's like, no, look it up. Google it. It's like, I think it'd be great on you. Da, da, da. And I went to Nordstrom Rack right after that hair appointment, found a bright yellow sweater, and then I love red lipstick, and that's all my brand photography on my website. And it just so resonated with the loud blonde. So and beautiful. so, yeah. And so really figuring out, you know, okay, how do I make my brand cohesive? And also who do I want to serve? I don't want to serve corporations who are stuffy and old school. Who I want to serve are women who are like me who, you know, are action takers, who want something bigger out of life, who have a purpose and a passion. So how do I speak to them? Well, I speak to them through really distinctive copy, through really bright colors, you know, and just getting really clear on who I want to serve and how to attract them. I hope that answered your question. I yeah, tend to go I down rabbit holes. I love that. <laughs> clarity is so important. And sometimes that evolves. I think people want all the clarity now, but like you have to like take the action to figure out also what's not working for your brand, but starting somewhere. And like you said, not trying to speak to the masses. I think a lot of people think, well, the more people that I can speak to, the more people that I can bring in, but the more people you're trying to speak to, the more muddy the messages. So yes. um, thank you for just reiterating that. So you got niche clarity. I love that you kind of like, like stepped into this like brand, these brand colors and which was then sort of in more alignment of this loud blonde brand. What did it look like to find your first client? So I started out with doing marketing consultancy. And so people were actually attracted to my website because I had built my own website because I'm dangerous enough in HTML that I can do that. I don't recommend trying to DIY it if you don't know how to do that. <laughs> so I was attracting a lot of marketing consultancy clients who wanted me to build websites for them. 
which that's really fun. It lets me use my right brain. I am super artistic and creative, but what I really quickly realized was I was delivering these beautiful brands and websites for women who weren't ready for their brand to be seen. So I deliver these websites and be like, okay, I'm releasing you from the nest, little bird. You have everything you need to go promote your brand or business off with you. And then they just never show it to anyone because they had such a fear of being seen. And so what I really realized was, okay, I have all this marketing expertise, but the piece that's missing is the mindset. And so that's when I really got clear on, oh, I'm not just a marketing consultant. I'm actually a marketing and mindset coach because what these new entrepreneurs need is all of the mindset pieces. They need a mentor. They need to know how to get through imposter syndrome. They know how to get over the fear of being seen and actually releasing their product and their message into the world. And so that is when my brand and my business really shifted was when I added that mindset piece. So good. I think that's really the majority of entrepreneurship is managing the mind and like Gosh, I, it just surfaces things that you weren't aware of. And, and I tell all my, most of my clients are coaches, all my coaches, like if you don't have a mindset piece to anything you're offer, like you're doing your clients a huge disservice because mindset really is so much of it. So I love that you. Yes. I think 90% of my clients hire me for marketing and we end up doing 10% marketing coaching and 90% mindset coaching, yeah. which is yeah. really funny. Yeah. <laughs> Same. Yep. So fun. So let's talk about like with the clients you work with and like when you look at really transitioning out of corporate and or if your business is floundering, like what are the key things that we need as, as entrepreneurs to really thrive and without like all the bells and whistles? Yeah, I think it's, it's keeping it as simple as possible. So you need to answer two questions. One, who do I want to serve? And that needs to be one person. Your answer cannot be women. Women make up 51% of the entire world's population. That is not your niche. Okay. And I say this jokingly because literally that was my answer when someone asked it to me when I first started my business. Well, I want to serve women. Okay, what types of women? Do you want to serve moms? Do you want to serve postmenopausal women? Do you want to serve pregnant women? You know, and, and so you need to niche down as far as possible on that. And second is, what's the one pain point you can help them solve? So one person, one pain point. Keep it as simple as possible. There are people that are going to come in outside of your niche. For example, I mainly serve women. 90% of my clientele are really type A driven women who are either in the nine to five and dying to leave and start their own thing, or they've already left the nine to five, have started their own thing and it hasn't taken off yet. However, I do have a couple male clients who have come in after seeing me on a podcast, on a summit, seeing me on stage and just connected with my energy. And so I will take those clients if they are still a good energetic fit. And I know that they are my ideal client, even though they're not the right gender. So you still can get people outside of that niche, but being really clear on the one person you're helping and the one pain point you're solving. So for example, I help overweight women lose weight, not specific enough. I help women three to six months after having their first baby, get back into their skinny jeans. Boom. That's specific. So you need to get that narrow. And then it's amazing how many of your right people you're attra you'll attract. So good. I love it. More clarity, right? More specificity. 
it enables you as a coach, consultant, service-based entrepreneur to become more clearer in your messaging. It's, it's easy. Like when a lot of people be like, I don't know what to write about. I don't know what to post. I don't know what my offer should be. But if you've already answered those two things, all those things are right. So easy. I love that you brought up messaging too. I, I love coaching people on this, on their marketing too. It's all about attracting your right client equally as much as repelling your wrong client. So if you look at my website, which I'm sure will be linked in the show notes, I have language on there that literally repels people I do not want to work with. I have a line on there that says, sorry, no woo here. I'm a little bit woo woo, but if you want me to have crystals and put them on your chakras and align your chakras and tell you what cycle, what phase the moon is in and, and what planet is going through what orbit, I am not your girl. There are plenty of other coaches who are awesome at doing that stuff, but that is not me. If I give you homework, I expect you to do it by our next call. Like I don't want people who are waffling. I want people who know what their purpose is in life. I can help you get there, but like you need to be really focused. And again, like I'm going to be really direct with you. You know, there are definitely some people who don't want that. They need a lighter touch. I'm not your coach. So mm -hmm. I want to repel those people from my experience because it's a waste of your time. It's a waste of my time to get on a call. I'm not your person. So definitely attract the right people equally as much as you repel the wrong ones. And so many people are scared of that because you know, we're humans. We're all people pleasers. We, we have a tribe mentality that's literally ingrained in our DNA. A tribe keeps us safe. We still have in our DNA that if we are kicked out of the tribe, that's when the saber tooth tigers come and get us. So we want to stay in that tribe. And so to stay in that tribe, you want to be liked and useful. And how you do that is you want to be friends with everyone. Well, unfortunately that doesn't work in marketing. Because if you're trying to be, just back to what we talked about earlier, if you're trying to be friends with everyone, you're not attracting anyone. Because your web copy and your messaging on your social media, someone needs to read your post and go, oh my God, she's talking to me. And it needs to be that clear. Like I made a decision a long time ago that I am not going to hide my depression. I talk about my divorce. I talk about, I just went through a pretty brutal breakup. I post stuff on that. I'm posting political stuff right now because I'm so pro-women and I have very strong political opinions right now. And I am not hiding that from my social media and I'm absolutely losing followers for it. And that is totally fine with me because if you don't have the same values in life, then I'm not your girl. And that's totally cool. But we have to get over this people-pleasing mentality. You don't need everyone to like you. You need your people to love you. Oh, so good. Oh, that's so powerful. That's definitely a quoter. I look around at my current clientele and I've manifested them, right? Like like attracts like. We yes. want to bring the people in that energize us that like we literally jump out of bed to think about serving, right? And you'll know when you have a misfit, but that's exactly what your brand should be doing is attracting more of people that you love and repelling the people that you don't love. And when you can kind of get that good rhythm, like everything explodes. So thank you for giving us like really clear tangibles of what that looks like. So powerful. Absolutely. And yeah, we all know those clients that we've brought on because, you know, hey, we all need money. We all need a roof over our head. We all need food on our table and gas in our car. So we've all taken on those clients, which your intuition, you get a little tingling going, I don't know that I should work with this person. And 
you know how resentful you get like every time you see their name on your calendar, every time you're hopping on a call with them and you're just dragging them through your teaching. So just don't even set yourself up for that. Just repel them in the beginning. <laughs> so good. Ah, save so much time and energy, right? Right. Anything else that you feel like, especially as newer coaches or consultants or even those that are really trying to work to transition out, is there any words of wisdom that you would have for them from a tangibility perspective as far as like, what could they, anything that they could implement today, tomorrow that could really move the needle in their business? Yeah. Oh, such a great question. Yes. Number one advice I give to anyone who's looking to transition or make a big life change, find a mentor. So if that's a paid coach, if it's joining a mastermind that has people in it who are doing what you want to do. As humans, we want proof that what we're going to try can be successful. And the best way to do that is to hire a coach or be around mentorship program that is showing you exactly what's possible in the line of work that you want to do or in the lifestyle that you want to live. And that was honestly what was a game changer for me was it was first joining a mastermind of all of these super successful entrepreneurs when I didn't have two nickels to rub together. And I was like praying about the next time my unemployment check was going to come in because I could barely pay my bills. And, but I invested in this mastermind that I absolutely had no, no money to invest in, but it changed my life because it switched my mindset from being oh my gosh, I'm alone at a computer all day trying to figure this out on my own, to then all of a sudden I had this world of people who had already been where I was, who were seven steps ahead of me and could help me do the right simplest things and not waste my time spinning my wheels on the wrong thing to get to where I wanted to go. So huge mindset shift to surround yourself you know, with, with a mentor, coach, or a mastermind. That would be my number one. Yeah. So good. I tell the story all the time. I I invested $12,000 in a coach before my business was making $0. And my husband was like, are you freaking crazy? I'm so lucky that he supported me in that decision, but like, there's no freaking way I would be where I am today without that mentorship. And I know most people are like, I'll wait till I'm making the money to invest. But like, the truth is you'll never make that money without that support and guidance. And also like, especially when you're transitioning from corporate to entrepreneurship, you need a circle of people that get this other world because it's different and it's different exposure and it's a different mindset. And you really need to encircle yourself with those type of people. So I love that you said that. Especially if you're coming from a group, if all of your contacts are corporate contacts, uh, all your family is in corporate, all your friends are in corporate, and all of a sudden you jump off the corporate bridge and you're swimming in the entrepreneurial stream, they will freak out. So you will get pushback because your friends and family are there to keep you safe. They want to make sure you have security. Entrepreneurship is about the least secure thing that you can jump into. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. So you need people who are successfully swimming in those same waters because you, it's going to be hard. You're going to get that pushback from your friends and family and corporate. So you need to have that support system outside of those people, of people that are crazy like you and get it. So good. Ah, so important. Okay. Let's hit into some rapid fire questions. I just, I love to ask these to get a general feel for the types of entrepreneurs that I just think there's like, so like the spectrum is so wide. One of the things that I love most is this is again, uncovering the fact that everybody's so unique and you don't have to have the perfect things, the perfect routines, you are who you are. And so I love to kind of unpack some of these things. So best book you've ever read. 
Oh gosh. Um, two of them, the slight edge and the war of art. So the slight edge talks about how every little tiny action you take is either leading you closer to your goal or putting you further away from your goal. Quick example, if you're trying to lose weight and you eat one Hershey's kiss, it's that slight edge. Those Hershey kisses over time are getting you further and further away from your goal, where if you ate a carrot, it would get you closer and closer to your goal. Super cool book. The visual is awesome. Read that. And then the war of art. For anyone who's ever tried to create something from scratch, when I was writing my book, I would flip to a random page of that book every day I had writer's block or resistance to sit down and write. And whatever little snippet it had on that page that day was exactly what I needed to hear. So highly, highly recommend that book if you're ever trying to create anything. So good. Oh, so fun. Share a limiting belief that you've had to overcome about yourself in entrepreneurship. Oh gosh, there's so many. I mean, imposter syndrome is just the first one that's coming to me. Oh, actually, no, here's a good one that I can't make more than six figures without being a doctor or lawyer. So that was a super ingrained belief that I had from growing up. I grew up upper middle class in Spokane, Washington, and my dad was an attorney. Everyone I knew in my experience who made six figures or more was a doctor or lawyer. I had no entrepreneurs in my experience, maybe some like high-end real estate people who had a ton of listings did, but that was it. I know I knew no women who made six figures. Women were teachers or nurses and really relied on their husband's income. And so that has been a real stumbling block for me to get over my money mindset. And and again, that goes back to surrounding yourself. Now I have some of the smartest, most financially successful women in my experience who are crushing it. And so it just blows my mind every day talking to them about how they're investing their money, how much money they have to play with. I'm just like, oh girl, get me in that game. So yeah, it's, it's about who you surround yourself with. Absolutely. Oh, good. Love it. What's your best time management tip? Ooh, time blocking my calendar. So I am complete entrepreneur where I'm like, shiny, wee, like what can I get into next? I am the world's worst multitasker. I will have 700 tabs open between one thing to another. And so I'm doing everything poorly and I time block now. So I will give myself a half hour for this task. I have to turn my phone to like, do not disturb. And I was putting in this huge project into a sauna the other day and it was just, oh God, it was awful, but I had to get it done. So I put on Beyonce, I put on great music. I turned my ringer off and I time blocked an hour to just crank it out. And it felt so good to get it done. So time blocking, turn your ringer off, turn on good music. Oh, so good. I'm one of those squirrely brains too. I'm severely ADD. So like, I'm like, distractibility is huge. I love that you said that. Okay. Are you a morning bird or a night owl? Oh gosh. When I was younger, I used to be a total night owl. I was the nightlife editor for NBC for a while here in San Diego. And I loved going out to all the like new bars and restaurants and clubs. But now that I'm an old lady, I like to uh, be in bed by 1030 reading my book. So I think I'm more of a morning person now. I, I have a couple of clients that are East Coast, so it feels good to be up and early in the morning. But yeah, it's, it's definitely shifted. I used to be a night owl. Cool. <laughs> I love it. If you had to do business all over again, what would you do differently? Uh, don't waste so much time trying to figure everything out on my own. Figure out who to hire to do what I want to do first. Like, honestly, if, if my coach had been in my experience back then, I would have hired him immediately. He didn't come into my experience until three years down the line. I was actually working with someone else who wasn't 
it wasn't my person, great coach, but just not my person. And then my coach came into my experience last December and he has revolutionized my business. So yeah, don't try and figure out everything on your own. It's hard when you're not making any money. And especially if you have that entrepreneur drive and you're creative and you want to figure out all the things on your own, it gets fun to go down like the YouTube rabbit hole, the Kajabi rabbit hole, the WordPress rabbit hole, but you're wasting your time on stuff that is not bringing you clients and money. So don't waste your time on all the pretty fun rabbit hole stuff. You're doing that out of fear. What you really need to be doing is focusing your time on where is the one person you need to serve hanging out and how do you attract that person? Oh, so good. Ah, you're speaking my language, girl. This is so good. (laughs) It's such a gift to have you here and experiencing your energy in this virtual experience. Tell my listeners where they can find out, find more about you or find you on social. Absolutely. So loudblonde.com and blonde has an E on the end. So loudblonde.com, Instagram at loudblonde. Those are the two places you'll find me. I also have a Facebook group called the Biz Builders Society. So facebook.com slash groups slash Biz Builders Society. And that is for anyone looking to build or scale an online business. And we talk about everything marketing mindset and motivation to make you successful online. So I would love, love, love to have you in that free Facebook group. So cool. I'll include the links in the show notes, but gosh, girl, thank you so much for being here. There's so much wisdom here. I think from high level, but also like tangibility things that we can start thinking about today. And gosh, thanks for being here. Oh, my pleasure. So much fun. Have an amazing, amazing day, everyone. (laughs) Bye. If you liked what you heard today and want to continue the conversation, join us in the Facebook community. Just go to launchitgirlpodcast.com. Can't wait to see you in there.